0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Futsal Independent Podcast. I'm Carl Wilkinson and in this episode we'll be taking a look at the last week in Futsal in England, see how England fared in Thailand, the results from a shortened men's league this weekend, not many results online for the women's as yet so hopefully we'll get that updated next week and take a look at a few of the issues that have dominated the the press or the social media landscape over the last week So I'm going to get straight into the men's National League results this past weekend. A reduced fixture list due to a series of postponements and the internationals taking place with England over in Thailand In the Super League, York City carried on their great run drawing 3-3 with Reading Birmingham beat Newcastle 10-6 and Oxford City Lions suffered a defeat to Sussex 7-5. In Division 1 North, Tranmere Rovers were beaten 7-4 by Derby. Liverpool were beaten 8-2 by Birmingham City Tigers and Kettering were beaten 7-4 by Cheshire. Division 1 South, Kickers were beaten 4-2 by Bristol City. And Enfield were beaten 11-10 by London International. In Division 2 North, Liverpool Development were beaten 12-2 by Manchester Development. Division 2 Midlands, Aylesbury beat City of Peterborough 8-3. And Northampton Ollie Cats were beaten 7-4 by Kettering Development. Division 2 South, Basingstoke beat Newham Sports 7-2. And Pro Futsal London Development beat Braintree 8-2. Tranmere Rovers Futsal Women beat Manchester Women 5-4. Peterborough United Futsal Ladies beat Kettering Futsal Ladies 8-3. Fusion Open Age Women were beaten 5-4 by London United Futsal Women. So now for a look at the social media things that have been going on. The Youth Olympic Games finished on the 17th and 18th of October. In the women's medal matches, Spain dominated Bolivia with an 11-0 victory to take the bronze medal. Meanwhile in the final, Portugal were gold medalists beating silver medalist Japan 4-1. Thanks to the sensation that is FIFA. So I've seen more of the women's game, or more of the women's tournament, then I did the men's. And whilst uh, Maria Galvez of Bolivia and Noelia de La of Spain were both impressive in front of goal. Uh, FIFA blew them and everybody else away. Um, picking up 21 goals in just the six games. So Portugal quite the team um, in terms of women's youth. In the men's tournament hosts Argentina were beaten 5-4 by Egypt in the bronze medal match and in the gold medal match Brazil beat Russia 4-1 leaving the Russians to settle for silver and the best-owned goal the Youth Olympics is is probably ever likely to see So as most people will know the England futsal international team flew out to Thailand last weekend to take part in the PTT Thailand 5 with England, Thailand, Uzbekistan and Malaysia in attendance. Saturday's game was a 4-0 defeat to Thailand. Quickly followed by a 1-1 draw with Uzbekistan on Sunday morning. And then the final game on Tuesday, which they won 3-2 against Malaysia. It's difficult to know much about The performances um, from the bits that we we did or didn't see either through lack of stream or watching your daughter horse riding. But with Thailand starting the weekend ranked 18th, Uzbekistan 27th, England 51st and Malaysia 58th. Uh, Again you can see in Thailand and Uzbekistan that we're playing teams again that are much higher, much much higher in the rankings. The Thailand result showed that in fairness but in terms of the Uzbekistan game, to pick up the 1-1 draw is is quite the achievement. But again likewise we don't really know the strength of the teams, not knowing much about Asian futsal. Um, But having said that, the the Thailand game played out much the way you would expect it to against uh, a a much more experienced, um, a much higher ranked nation. Less possession, and a need to be solid defensively, which for the most part I think we do quite well. We definitely look better without the ball than we do with it um, for large periods. But when you hear of a 4-0 scoreline, you immediately think that that we were thrashed. Um, And whilst we didn't really look like we would ever come out on top or or win the game, that was effectively a 2-0 game that has been added to by... Bad use of the fly goalkeeper. So 2-0 doesn't really give the same impression that a 4-0 does. Um, We could not try and score the goal um, and then settle for a 2-0. If that makes sense. Or we can obviously play the fly, we can go for the goal, but concede another two and then get beat 4-0. So the scoreline doesn't really affect the, the performance in my view as much as it maybe does for others. And as I mentioned, I think we do look better without the ball for the most part, but if we could break at speed and be clinical, then I think the way we defend um, most of the time, I know we've been caught out in recent games with one or two mistakes and the early goal against Croatia and things, but the way we do defend and the way we play without the ball, if we could break at speed and then be clinical, I think we could actually be really quite dangerous. The Uzbekistan game was quite different, not having seen the full stream, we got a a three or four minutes highlights video. Um, although they're a good 25 placings higher than us, the highlights seem to show that we had more of the ball, we had more of the chances between the two sides. And then to concede the equaliser with one minute 45 or whatever it was um, on the clock must have been gut-wrenching for the lads to have played like that for the 38 and a half minutes. And then on Tuesday morning, England played the Malaysia team. Won the game 3-2, I'm recording this at a point where I've seen no highlights, all we've had to go off is the uh, the translated Futsal Thailand Facebook page, um, and the translation isn't very good. Nothing uh, has been released from the players, or from any of the staff, as yet, to go out there win 3-2 against Malaysia, the 1-1 with Uzbekistan and the defeat to Thailand isn't a bad return. In the standings, so the table of four. Joint second with Uzbekistan, um, albeit they had a, a goal better goal difference. A quick check on Twitter at this point, And it looks as though in the world rankings, England have gained two places. So now ranked 49th, so we've broken into the 50 mark. So with Malaysia staying out at 58, so a non-mover from them. Uzbekistan, I've gone down a place. Ranked 28th, and Thailand stay 18th. Otherwise, I think the comments from foreigners and I presume, I presume Thai and Uzbekistan and people like that uh, on Facebook have been quite complimentary. I'm speculating about England having a, a bright future. Um, so the guys out there have obviously done the country proud, done themselves proud. It's definitely good prep. Um, Absolutely good prep for the task ahead as they look towards the the qualifiers for the World Cup in January. Also taking place over the last week or two have been two international tours by Sussex and Bolton. The Sussex group flew out to visit their partner club Sego in Segovia, Spain with the first team to further their partnership uh, and enhance the brand of Sussex. So as well as their chairman, Graham Knight, being named a director at Segosala, they signed off their trip by playing against Real Betis Futsal, who play in the second division in Spain. So the back end of last season narrowly missed out on being promoted to the first division of the, the LNFS. The Bolton Tour is quite different in that they've taken their youth players, over to Barcelona, to take in the culture, to see some games, as well as play against some of the local futsal clubs, something uh, Bolton do every year. So Santa Coloma and Barca B, just two of the games, or two of the teams, they got to see in action, uh, with interviews with some of the the Santa Coloma players to follow, um, as well as the short documentary that Rob Smith will be putting together for the kind of end of the year, there's plenty of content to come out of that from Bolton As well as all the, the memories for the players, the families, that kind of thing So hopefully it's something we see more of with clubs going over to to Spain or to, to other countries But Spain is the, the easy and the big one Plenty going on again in the social media world uh, But I just want to highlight a couple of things that have irked me a little bit um, One kind of almost futsal related um, But it's been in the news Uh, And that's the Wembley uh, non-sale, as it turns out. So that's dominated the press for for most of the past week in the the decision itself and then the the fallout from both sides of the fence. So personally, I'm happy um, not to sell it. Not that it's me not selling it, of course. Partly because I think we should own it, and I don't think we should be renting it. Somebody else shouldn't own it and then allow us to play in it as and when it suits them. But for a lesser reason than the real reason which I think it shouldn't have been an easy out for the FA. So I don't for one minute think that 600 million would have found its way into grassroots. Talk of the EFL or whoever else wanting their share of the money. Uh, But even if it had, the FA should be looking for ways to fund grassroots. And they still should outside of this, notwithstanding this decision. Uh, Not just sell something um, that smacks of short-termism, To give a little bit of a cash boost, a bit of an injection into grassroots. Because once it's sold, we can't sell it again in 5 years or 10 years when the money's run out and we've wasted it and we've got nothing to show for it. Because, let's face it, that's probably what was going to happen. Uh, But the real reason for bringing that up um, is twofold. So, would any of that money gone or have gone to futsal? So, the nation's indoor game of choice. That's what we're being sold as part of the strategy, as part of the launch. So is it the case or isn't it? Is it the FA's game and is it the indoor game of choice or is it not? Uh, Of course the point is moot now because it's not being sold. But the cry has been the pitches. What are we going to do? What will we do with the pitches? But isn't part of the answer to play more futsal during the winter? to increase participation in the game and to keep people playing during the the bad weather. Um, which brings me kind of on to point number two. Why hasn't anybody mentioned futsal as part of the alternative or as part of this discussion? So apologies if somebody has and I've not seen it. But there's been nothing from journalists. Even after people have responded to the journalists, there's been no acknowledgement that I've seen. And there's been nothing from the FA. So what an opportunity that would have been for the FA to step in and say uh, something about backing the futsal strategy. Um, We've got a game here that we want to make the nation's indoor game of choice. Um, And yes, we're not going to sell Wembley. Yes, we're not going to fund all these pitches and facilities to the tune of 600 million. But what we have got is a game that's not reliant on the weather, not reliant on good grass pitches. Gives you the same returns, the same benefits, the same fun. Go out there, give it a go and try it. What an opportunity that would have been for the FA. So we've got pieces from uh, David Conn in The Guardian. Uh, Matt Slater in The Independent. Um, just two of the the pieces that I picked out. Obviously I could have picked more out. But in The Guardian, David Conn talks about the... More than 147,000 grassroots matches were postponed last year because of pitches being unplayable. Um, And then further down the the piece, the FA, to its credit, has gradually come to focus on this national dilapidation as a central concern, and Cairns offer promised a transformational change while preserving Wembley for England matches and other set-piece football occasions. Um, But again, the, the focus is on very much Grassroots pitches, everything's been grassroots pitches this, grassroots pitches that. Um, Are we one or are we not, Um, I guess is the question. Then in the independent, Matt Slater, um, then focusing on um, kind of where the money's going. So the UK's largest sports charity, the Football Foundation, would have been the vehicle the FA used to pick, manage and fund the projects. As it currently does with funding it receives from the FA, Premier League and Government. So again, the Football Foundation, very much a a focus on the football game. And I guess they would argue that, well, the money's coming from football, so it should go to football, which um, I'm not quite sure on that. But just two of the pieces kind of displaying the angle from the media. And I'm not suggesting for one minute, I don't expect them to focus on futsal at all. But it all looks a little bit like it's football for football, and not football for all, as their motto goes. In a similar vein, the mainstream media uh, did show some futsal, funnily enough, uh, this past week, and of course you'll have all seen it, that hilarious own goal by Russia in the Youth Olympic Games gold medal match against Brazil. Yet again, it would appear, that outside of the England national team there's no mention of futsal in the mainstream media, as uh, so across Twitter and the likes, but as something like this happens... There's a chance for viral engagement, viral videos, to, you know, viral content. As soon as that happens, they're all over it. All the mainstream accounts, you, you would associate with football and, and big names and brands and all the rest of it. So as soon as there's a chance to, to show some viral footage, they're all over it. And I guess that's how the media works. And again, that's not me being naive. That's how it works. And I don't expect any different. I, I just kind of hope for different. Showing an own goal for a bit of viral engagement paves the way for trolls to attack the game. So we get the oh it's just five aside, isn't it? type comments. Which doesn't really help us. And it certainly doesn't help us break the barriers and break into to more people's lives and and showing people what the real game is. So I think some of these platforms obviously they don't care about futsal and, and why would they unless it makes them money, they're not going to be interested. But this is where the FA and the FA should have the likes of Sky, the likes of BBC Sport, and, and obviously BBC Sport showed some of the games. It was their footage they were showing with a goal. But the FA should be briefing, and it, this should be, it should be a two-way street. As much as the FA are trying to push it, the media outlets should be helping push the, the correct narrative of the game and, and not just using it for a bit of cheap publicity. Uh, maybe that's me being romantic. So I want to say a big thank you to Sam Good, for creating the the music, the intro jingle. If any of you got any kind of topics you want covering, if you want to see me chat to people in your area, put them forward, whether it's out on Twitter in public or whether it's just private messaging, get in touch, gives me the kind of idea of things that people want to listen to. Another interesting one from Social in the last week was a discussion instigated by James Moore so at J Moore underscore 96 and then furthered somewhat by others and then uh, a blog post came about by Damon Shaw uh, on the back of that. So James's question was what area of knowledge are we missing to develop English footsal either on or off the court? And there were a few answers from the regulars on social media, uh, such as the Tapir Owens brothers, uh, Neil Lucas, Garth Smith, uh, a few others. And the focus was pretty much centred around the lack of te- uh, tactical knowledge in our game. And in David's words, the issue is summed up by the amount of times coaches shout, get the rotations going, spinning round in circles, but not progressing. Too many teams passing and moving pointlessly and robotically and then defending as a diamond. So that prompted a little bit of a, a short back and forth then on the subject of the diamond being overused and uh, really under known um, certainly under appreciated in the country as teams sit back in the shape um, and I can agree especially from a spectator's point of view that it, the game's boring it's almost like a game of handball uh, where teams run back into their own half as soon as they lose the ball to get set up. So th- those kind of t- teams that concede their position um, as the worse of the two sides, so if they concede the team they're up against is better than them, they might sit back into defend, purely because they don't want to be taken apart, which is fair enough, I understand that. But we're even seeing the stronger of the two teams on the court sit back into that same shape. Um, so they'll sit back, wait for the the opposing team to reach 21-22 metres and then they'll slowly start to engage from that point. Damon, uh, Damon Shaw then raised his head briefly um, from his social media sabbatical uh, and put out a blog post so over on his page www.damonshaw.co.uk so you can go over there and give it a read uh, focusing on the Diamond and then his thoughts on the system uh, which in brief summary, not to take away from going and reading his page, was that the system is usually an end point and not the starting point. So there's a series of fundamentals uh, that are lost or, or not looked at if you go straight to the diamond and you don't focus on your 1v1s from a defensive point of view. He then went on to talk about the theory of concepts playing a big part and how sticking to a diamond might actually restrict the players because they fo- they might focus on the diamond rather than reacting to the the moment and reacting to the game that's actually playing out in front of them. Um, So at at the same time, kind of coincidentally, Damon's also recorded a video uh, for the webpage Futsala, A Coach's Guide to Futsal, so that's over on Facebook, there's links on Twitter and stuff that you can see and that's looking at the 4-0 formation and then an exercise for that uh, which also included some of the concepts which I think would be a good thing to talk about in a little bit more detail. So if anybody wants to get in touch, um, get something arranged from a coach's perspective, look at concepts and and maybe tactics and formations and things, we can get that sorted. We'll get something set up for it. Um, I digress a little bit from the original point there, but my thoughts on the question from James is that whilst everything that was mentioned on Twitter um, on there is true, I don't think we're really missing anything per se. From my point of view, I just think we're young as a, a nation, as a country. If we're being compared to Spain, then really there is no comparison. We're young. And I don't think there's anything we can do to fast-track our position in that, really. So we're in a good place at the moment. Some good work being done um, with the coaching pathway. There's more people getting involved doing the Level 2s, the way for bs People then asking on Twitter about the A licence. And obviously, as more people see the game become more experienced we're going to develop naturally um, despite what some people will say on social media so it's, it's very interesting from my point of view to see all the different thought processes and all the different opinions um, especially from those that have either grown up in the game or those that have done the UEFA B um, or the A in in Damon's case and some of the foreign coaches but to put a little bit of context on my background some of you won't know me, my route into futsal I'm I originally got involved just for the technical rewards that it gives to football. Probably like most people will, their first entry into. Futsal will be the same kind of thing. So I think I got my first set of balls around about 2010, 2011, something like that. Can't remember exactly where I'd seen or heard of the game. Um, and I really, really can't remember where I see it, first heard or seen the game. But I knew of Mick Parrish from the kind of junior grassroots football scene in the northwest. Um, And we played kind of grassroots teams against each other and things. And I've known him on Twitter. Um, And his exploits with Brazilian soccer schools. Um, I knew of the Brazilian soccer schools. I knew of football SLO. Uh, There was a program being run in the area that I grew up in Salford. Uh, But growing up I only ever seen that to be a a kind of technical skills program. Because they didn't seem to play any games. Uh, And I don't know whether that's still the case um, or not. Whether they did have teams, I have no real clue on that. Um, the only other thing I can think is, is maybe Manchester Futsal on Facebook and on Twitter. But I, I really don't know how I noticed it. But I did. Um, and for those that have met me, those that do know me, you'll know at five foot six, I was never going to flourish on an 11-a-side pitch. In the olden days where strength and speed were the, the order of the day. Um, so with my coaching focused on the foundation phase and the foundation age range, so you you you're kind of 6 or 7 to 11s. And specifically on individual players, um, technically I was never really one for the pass, pass, pass culture. It was, you know, can we develop players? Um, so I fell in love with futsal almost straight away. and So that's the game I should have played as a youngster. Um, and then one of the things that holds us back, I think, as coaches, if we've not played, I'm not saying you have to play. But obviously, if you do play the game, that understanding um, obviously grows and you experience it rather than seeing it from the outside. Um, so the next thing we need to do as a nation is start to develop um, over 30s. I'm just into that category. Over 30s, um, dropping sessions and things like that. So there needs to be a northwest one of those set up um, sometime soon. Hopefully you've got others around the country. Um, so if you've got any feedback on that, Throw it on Twitter, because it'd be good to see how they run. Um, So I watched Manchester from afar, not really getting involved. Uh, Watched the content, followed the games. Um, My aim was to take the technical aspects of futsal, the conditions of the game, if you will, and place them onto my little footballers. So we had the balls, we had the sports hall floor in winter. Uh, I actually used to use the balls outside on the old 2G sand base surface as well because that was fast and uh, didn't slow the game down and then i took the technique of using the sole of the foot the four second restarts and then we developed all our kind of training around that um, and it, it suited what i was trying to give to the players um, obviously the players just thought that was me conditioning the game I, I didn't come in and say here's this weird and wonderful world of futsal it was just a case of we're playing football and these are the, the conditions that we're going to play with. The kids cracked on and the kids loved it, of course. But the more I followed the game, the more interested I became in futsal for futsal instead of futsal for football. So I stopped coaching in 2013 as we expected uh, the daughter coming along. Took a year off from coaching completely. Obviously spent it at home with the family. And then went back, but instead of going back to grassroots, I decided that I was going to dedicate my coaching time to futsal, and futsal only. Um, so I, I had a look around, there was no real opportunity to get in coaching anywhere, uh, which was a shame, because local clubs were looking for ua b coaches. Um, I was level 2, I'm not really sure what ua b football has to do with um, children playing futsal, but that's what they wanted. And... Um, and I just wanted a team to coach. I didn't really want to set up a club. Um, but in the end I did. So I spent a couple of years doing that. Um, with mixed success. And um, uh, We were kind of a, a grassroots, very much a grassroots based team. So we'd go in some leagues and we'd beat everybody every week. And people would moan about us. And then we'd go into other leagues around that were full of academy players or players on the fringe of academies, um, and then we'd be beaten every week. So there was no kind of happy medium during that time. Um, And to be honest, I didn't really enjoy running the club. That was it was something I had to do because it was the team and it was the way to run the team. Uh, But I just wanted to coach. Uh, So Salford came to an end in 2017 when I got a new job. And part of that role and the job that I still do now Part of that role sees me travel the country. So London, Kent, South Wales, um, all regular trips for me. Um, But having the photography, having this outlet now over the past month, um, gives me a way to stay active in the game, help promote the game and continue doing that kind of thing. Uh, Whether the coaching will come back around or not, I'm not too sure. Um, I'd like to think it will eventually. Um, The plan is to help out. Um, a little bit still in the North West, uh, as and when I can. But I see things now from a kind of spectator point of view, rather than purely coach. Um, I still take a, an interest in the coaching discussions and that kind of thing, because most people in the game, they either are a coach or they have been a coach at some point in time, um, or they're a parent. And that is pretty much the limit of the Futsal family, I think I'm right in saying. So it'd be good to kind of break that barrier um, and in this kind of role I'm doing now, with do the photography and things, hopefully that's a way to do that, to keep pushing the name and, and keep banging the drum, as people say. Uh, but I'm at a point where futsal's taken over my life. It comes before the football. I probably watch more Spanish futsal than I do Premier League football now. Um, and even where the futsal clashes with City, it's usually the futsal that comes out on top. So from my point of view, it's good to see uh, the different thought processes, the different opinions and things like that. And I think we should be more vocal. We need more discussion because there's some days and some kind of periods of the week. Uh, you wouldn't know futsal existed in the in the country because it's really that quiet if there's nothing going on. So we need to keep that buzz and that energy going on social, uh, which I think is the reason people are so scared that if Helvetia run away with the league, which I think Sussex potentially are going to do a job of running them all the way. If they did run away with the league and there was nothing left to play for and it's finished in February, the league runs until April then that would be a shame because maybe people would lose the the drive and the energy. So everything we can do to promote the game together, I think we need to help each other a little bit more. So there are still some cases where I know if one account posts something it'll get shared and it'll get lots of interactions and engagement and, and that's great. But if another account posts something similar, it's probably not going to get anywhere the same traction. Um, And I think it all comes down to who the person is or who the account is. Uh, And I'm not talking my, I'm not talking the futsal independent stuff there. um, Because I I get quite a bit of interaction and quite a bit of engagement which I appreciate. Uh, And that comes back to kind of the social aspect um, from a club point of view as well as um, the likes of this channel, the Daily Futsal, the the Futsal Shop. Uh, They're the main ones, really. Um, Futsal flair, releasing the magazine, but a little bit quieter. It's then the clubs as well that need to be pushing their highlights, their content. Um, And I know there are some that there might be a good game or there might be a a series of good plays in a game, but depending on the outcome of the result, those highlights will never see the, the light of day. Whereas we know if the team had won, those highlights would be played all over the place. So it's sticking, sticking to the task, and you know, taking the rough with the smooth, rather than just you know, kind of looking after ourselves, so to speak. But that's it for this week. So again, hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to me ramble on, certainly for the last ten minutes or so. Give it a like, give it a share, get involved with the the comments and the the interactions and the the feedback on Twitter. And that's it until next week.